All stories have a curious and even dangerous power. They are manifestations of truth, yours and mine. And truth is all at once the most wonderful yet terrifying thing in the world, which makes it nearly impossible to handle. It is such a great responsibility that it's best not to tell a story at all, unless you know you can do it right. You must be very careful, or without knowing it, you can change the world. Vera Nazarland from Dreams of the Compass Rose. Hi, welcome to North of 48. It's May 8th. And uh, it's raining. I hate to do this, but we gotta talk about Wuhan again. After the break. So this is not anything I want to talk about stuff but it it pains me that the narrative that's out there gets skewered we don't get the proper information to make up our own minds we have a hard time believing the newspaper reporters the scientists say something and their comments get skewered or only partially reported and this is uh, why I want to talk about Wuhan one more time so I ran into an article by a Nicholas Wade uh, who was a science writer editor and author who has worked on the staff of Nature Science and for many years the New York Times now his articles in Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists 75 years and counting and they have the doomsday clock on there, and it is 100 seconds to midnight. Quickly, quickly, we have no time. So, he's going on, there's a tale of two theories. After the pandemic first broke out in December of 2019, Chinese authorities reported that many cases had occurred in the wet market, a place selling wild meats, wild animals, in Wuhan. This reminded experts of the SARS-1 epidemic of 2002 in which a bat virus had spread first to civets, an animal sold in wet markets, and from civets to people. A similar bat virus caused the second epidemic known as MERS in 2012. This time the host animal were camels. The decoding of the virus's genome showed it belonged to a viral family known as beta coronaviruses, to which the SARS-1 and MERS viruses also belong. The relationship supported the idea that, like them, it was a natural virus that had managed to jump from bats via another animal host to people. The wet market connection, a major point of similarity with the SARS-1 and MERS epidemics was soon broken. Chinese researchers found earlier cases in Wuhan with no link to the wet market, but that seemed not to matter when so much further evidence in support of natural emergence was expected shortly. Wuhan, however, is home of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a leading world center for research in coronaviruses. 
so the possibility that the SARS-2 virus had escaped from the lab could not be ruled out. Two scenarios of origin were on the table. Early on, public and media perceptions were shaped in favor of the emergence scenario by strong statements from two groups. These statements were not at first examined as critically as they should have been. We stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin, a group of virologists and others wrote in The Lancet on February 19, 2020. When it was really far too soon for anyone to be sure what had happened, scientists overwhelmingly conclude that this coronavirus originated in wildlife, they said with a rallying call for readers to stand with Chinese colleagues on the front line of fighting the disease. Contrary to the letter writer's assertion, the idea that the virus might have escaped from a lab invoked accident, not conspiracy. It surely needed to be explored, not rejected out of hand. A defining mark of good scientists is that they go to great pains to distinguish between what they know and what they don't know. By this criterion, the signatories of the Lancet letter were behaving as poor scientists. They were assuring the public of facts they could not know for sure were true. It later turned out that the Lancet letter had been organized and drafted by Peter Daszak, president of the Equal Health Alliance of New York. Daszak's organization funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, if the SARS-2 virus had indeed escaped from research he funded, Dazak would be culpable. This acute conflict of interest was not declared to the Lancet's readers. To the contrary, the letter concluded, we declare no competing interests. Virologists like Dazak had much at stake in the assigning of blame for the pandemic. For 20 years, mostly Beneath the public's attention, they had been playing a dangerous game. In their laboratories, they routinely created viruses more dangerous than those that exist in nature. They argued that they could do so safely, and that by getting ahead of nature, they could predict and prevent natural spillovers, the crossover of viruses from an animal host to people. If SARS-2 had indeed escaped from such a laboratory experiment, a savage blowback could be expected, and a storm of public indignation would affect virologists everywhere, not just in China. It would shatter the scientific edifice top to bottom. An MIT tech review editor, Antonio Rigaldo, said in March of 2020, a second statement that had enormous influence in shaping public attitudes was a letter. In other words, an opinion piece, not a scientific article, published on the 17th of March, 2020, in the journal Nature Medicine. Its authors were a group of virologists led by Christian G. Anderson of the Scripps Research Institute. Our an analysis clearly show that SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct or purposely manipulated virus, the five virologists declared in the second paragraph of their letter. The author of this article goes on to say, Unfortunately, this was another case of poor science in the sense defined above. 
True, some older methods of cutting and pasting viral genomes retain telltale signs of manipulation, but newer methods called no-seam or seamless approaches leave no defining marks. Nor do other methods for manipulating viruses such as serial passage, the repeated transfer of viruses from one culture of cells to another. So if a virus has been manipulated, whether with a seamless method or by serial passage, there is no way of knowing that this is the case. Anderson and his colleagues were assuring their readers of something they could not know. The discussion part of their letter begins that it is probable that SARS-CoV-2 emerged through laboratory manipulation of a related SARS-CoV-like coronavirus. But wait, didn't the lead say the virus had clearly not been manipulated? The author's degree of certainty seemed to slip several notches when it came to laying out the reasoning. The Dasak and Anderson letters were really political, not scientific statements, yet were amazingly effective. Articles in the mainstream press repeatedly stated that a consensus of experts had ruled lab escape out of the question, or extremely unlikely. The authors relied for the most part on the letters, failing to understand the gaps in their arguments. Mainstream newspapers all have science journalists on their staff, as do the major networks, and these specialist reporters are supposed to be able to question scientists and check their assertions. But the Daszak and Anderson assertions went largely unchallenged. So, doubts about natural emergence. Natural emergence was the media's preferred theory until February 2021, and a visit by the WHO Commission to China. Its members, who included Dasek, kept asserting before, during, and after their visit that lab escape was extremely unlikely. But this was not quite the propaganda victory the Chinese authorities may have been hoping for. What has become clear was that the Chinese had no evidence to offer the Commission in, spo in support of the natural emergence theory. This is surprising because both the SARS-1 and MERS viruses had left copious traces in the environment. The intermediary host species of SARS-1 was identified within four months of the epidemic's outbreak and the host of MERS within nine months. Yet some 15 months after the SARS-2 pandemic began and after an intensive search, Chinese researchers had failed to find either the original bat population or the intermediate species to which SARS-2 might have jumped, or any evidence that any Chinese population, including that of Wuhan, had ever been exposed to the virus prior to December of 2019. Natural emergence remains a conjecture, which, however plausible to begin with, had, not, had gained not a shred of supporting evidence in over a year. It's logical to pay serious attention to the alternative conjecture that SARS-2 escaped from a lab. Ever since virologists gained the tools for manipulating a virus's genes, they have argued they could get ahead of a potential pandemic by exploring how close a given animal virus might be to making the jump to humans. And that justified lab experiments in enhancing the ability of dangerous animal viruses to infect people 
virologists asserted. With this rationale, they created the 1918 flu virus. Shown how the almost extinct polio virus can be synthesized from its published DNA sequence and introduced the smallpox gene into a related virus. These guys are going to kill us all. These enhancements of viral capabilities are known blandly as gain-of-function experiments. With coronaviruses, there was particular interest in the spike proteins which jut out all around the spherical surface of the virus and pretty much determine which species of animal it will target. In 2000, Dutch researchers, for instance, earned the gratitude of rodents everywhere by genetically engineering the spike protein of a mouse coronavirus so that it would attack only cats. Virologists started studying bat coronaviruses in earnest after these turned out to be the source of both the SARS-1 and MERS epidemics. In particular, researchers wanted to understand what changes needed to occur in a bat virus's spike proteins before it could infect people. Now, I'm not going to read the whole article. I was just cherry-picking. But some of the quotes, there was a Simon Wayne Hobson, a virologist at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. He says, if the virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory. The virus is known as a chimera because its genome contains genetic material from two strains of virus. If SARS-2 virus were to have been cooked up in the Chinese lab, then its prototype would have been the SARS-1 chimera, the potential danger of which concerned many observers and prompted intense discussion. So the bat lady, as she's called, China's leading expert on bat viruses, Shi Jingli, bat lady, referred to risks in their paper about these viruses. So she did it. There was she was taught a general method for engineering bat coronaviruses to attack other species. The specific targets were human cells grown in cultures and humanized mice. These laboratory mice, a cheap and ethical stand-in for human subjects, I'm not sure that's ethical, but are genetically engineered to carry the human version of a protein called ACE2 that studs the surfaces of cells that line the airways. Kind of what uh, the coronavirus attacks. She started genetically engineering coronaviruses to attack human cells. By a strange twist in the story, her work was funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, a part of the U.S. National Institute of Health. Grant proposals that funded her work, which are a matter of public record, specify exactly what she planned to do with the money. So, even those who think a lab origin unlikely agree that the SARS-2 genomes are remarkably uniform. Early strains identified in Wuhan, China, showed limited genetic diversity, which suggests 
that the virus may have been introduced from a single source. Of course, a single source would of course be compatible with lab escape, less so with the massive variation and selection, which is evolution's hallmark way of doing business. The uniform structure of SARS-2 genomes gives no hint of any passage through an intermediate animal host, and no such host has been identified in nature. Proponents' natural emergence suggests that the SARS-2 incubated in a yet-to-be-found human population before gaining its special properties, or that it jumped to a host animal outside China. All these conjectures are possible, but strained. Proponents of a lab leak have a simpler explanation. SARS-2 was adapted to human cells from the start because it was grown in humanized mice or in lab cultures of human cells, just as described in Daszak's grant proposal. Its genome shows little diversity because the hallmark of lab cultures is uniformity. Proponents of laboratory escape joke that of course the SARS-2 virus infected a host species before spreading to people and that they have identified it, a humanized mouse from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. <sighs> Sorry people. What are your thoughts on this? I'm just really sad at the whole media, the everything. I'm not one for controversy or theories, you know? But you kind of got to call it what it is. There is a significant chance this came out of Wuhan. And I'm not here to convince you. I'm just saying I'm going to put a link to the article in the show notes. Read it and judge yourself. Lord help us all. Till next time, this has been North of 48.